Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given and you'll find power for Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God, all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given And you'll find power for living My friend, today I want to speak on the subject, the greatest gift ever given. It's based on John 3, 16. I'm sure we could probably all quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, my friend, the greatest gift ever given was when God gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a sacrifice for our sins, to raise again. And then he gives the gift of eternal life to all who believe. You know, I think back of some of the special uh, Christmas times when we would give gifts, obviously, always to our children, even still now we do. But when the kids were growing up, I remember one year we gave the Sega Genesis. And oh my, they just love that. And uh, of course, we handed out all the gifts and we knew they wanted the Sega Genesis. And I asked them, well, did you have a good Christmas? And they tried to smile and put on their best uh, happy face, but I knew they wanted one more gift. And I said, you know, I think that there's another gift that might have been left in the family room. Why don't you go check it out? And, oh, they went racing down. I could still hear them uh, hooping and hollering, Sega Genesis. Uh, they were just young children at the time. I remember the time we uh, gave the pool table. Of course, that was probably... Little as much for me as it was for the kids, but uh, you know, a lot of great memories. I remember when we purchased the pool table, I said to my wife Cindy, I said, You know, honey, that's not just a pool table, that's a relationship builder. And one of the things that we always tried to do is make sure the refrigerator was well stocked with uh, snacks and the cupboard stocked with snacks and the food in the fridge and all kinds of pop and so forth. Make the home the place where the kids want to bring their friends. And it's a great opportunity to also develop a relationship uh, with the kids and their friends and so forth. Remember the year we announced to them that we were going to go to Disney World. We had never taken the kids to Disney World. And one year at Christmas, we made that announcement. And then we took them uh, just shortly after Christmas, went down and spent a week uh, right around the first of the year and went to Disney World, and what a great time that was. You know, I, I think of the movie, A Christmas Story. You know, what a what a great movie. And little Ralphie, he just wants that BB gun, you know, so much. And, and once again, you know, the dad, mom, they hand out all the gifts. And, you know, Ralphie's trying to act happy, but his dad said, well, did you get everything you want? Well, mostly. 
hey, well, there's always next year. Then the dad kind of elbows him gently and says, hey, what's that behind the desk over there? Why don't you go check it out? And, of course, great scene where he opens up that BB gun, and what a great, great memory. Of course, there's the movie Christmas Vacation when Clark Griswold, you know, wants to give his family a new swimming pool, and he finally gets his bonus. And, uh, of course, the whole house was trashed in the process, but he gets that bonus. And they're going to be able to put in the swimming pool. So, you know, we all have great memories, whether it's our own personal experience or watching special movies, of giving out wonderful gifts. Well, my friend, the greatest gift ever given was when God gave his son to be our Savior. Scripture says, there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Once again, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, sometimes some of the best things in life are sort of what we would call hiding in plain sight. That's what John 3.16 is like. It's, it's like hiding in plain sight. We, we know, we've heard it so many times. You know, you go to athletic events and somebody's holding up a sign, John 3.16. We, we know all about it, but have we really taken the time to dissect it and really get a feel for what it really means? Of course, the context is Jesus is talking to a man named Nicodemus, and he describes to him that the new birth is what we need, or to be born again. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was a a Pharisee. He was a member of what we would call the religious elite. He was a ruler of the Jews, so he's sort of like the top of his class. And yet Christ stops him just right in his tracks and says, you know what, Nicodemus? All these religious things are fine, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that new birth. And then Jesus gives a couple of analogies to help Nicodemus understand. First, in John 3, he talks about how the wind blows where it wills. You see the effects and uh, so forth, but we we feel it, but we don't really see it. A lot of times we'll say, man, I see the wind blowing. Well, what you see is you see the snow drifting or you see the leaves uh, flying across or the whatever. You see the effects of the wind blowing, but we really don't see the wind. And that's the subjective aspect of the new birth. You see the effects of it. Someone trusts Christ as Savior. They're transformed from the inside out. And one of the first things is a a new desire. I remember when I first trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Of course, I grew up in a Christian home and went to Sunday school and church every week and vacation Bible school and all those great things. Made a profession of faith as a young child, but sort of went my own way as a teenager and Then God brought me back, but when I was 18, I really surrendered my life to Christ and trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Man, for the first time in my life, I just knew something had happened inside of me. It was a transformational power that took place. But the very first evidence, or birthmark, if you will, was a new desire. A book that had been on the shelf and really not, I hadn't paid a lot of attention to, became very important. I began reading the New Testament. And uh, going to church, sitting up front, uh, taking notes, and so forth. I had a hunger for the Word of God that really wasn't there before. And that's what I discovered Matthew 19, 26. My life verse, 
where Jesus said, with men these things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. So he gives a subjective analogy. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born in the Spirit. That's John 3, 8. Then he gives an objective analogy. It says in verse 14 and 15, he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. And, of course, he's referring back to Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, where the followers of, of the Old Testament faith, the Jewish believers, had uh, sort of gotten away from God, sinned against God. God sent these fiery snakes to come in. They were biting him, and people were dying. And Moses cries out to God as the people cry out to him. And God says, okay, Moses, this is what I want you to do. Make a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, put it out uh, outside the city, and everyone who goes and looks and lives, looks at that, they will live. And that's exactly what they did. And that's the analogy, that's the objective analogy that Jesus gave Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, a strong religious Jew and a leader of the Jews, understood completely what Christ was referring to. And then Jesus draws it to himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Nicodemus was understanding that Jesus was saying, look and live. Well, my friend, this gift, it is a supernatural gift of love. And it all starts with God. For God so loved the world. Think about it, my friend. Let's just stop and reflect for just a moment about God. God is eternal. Psalm 90 and verse 2 says, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is sovereign. He's in complete control. Psalm 115 and verse 3 that says, Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Ephesians 1.11 says, God works all things according to the counsel of his own will. Yes, my friend, God is in complete control. He's never caught off guard. He's never caught by surprise. Our God is a sovereign God. You know, when I think of the sovereignty of God and the free will of humanity, I like to think of it like this. It's like taking a cruise. You know, when you're on that cruise ship, you've got a lot of choices. You can have formal dining, informal dining. You can go to the swimming pool. You can watch a movie. There's just all kinds of activities you can do. But ultimately, that cruise ship is going to reach its next port of call. Well, my friend, God gives us all kinds of freedom of choice, but his next port of call will be carried out. One day, Jesus Christ will return in all of his power and all of his glory. He's holy. That's the idea. He's completely distinct, totally unique. Scripture says in Isaiah 6, 3, and one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God says in Jeremiah 32, 27, Is there anything too difficult for me? Absolutely not. Of course, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13, we pray the Lord's Prayer for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
And again, my life verse, Matthew 19, 26. With God, all things are possible. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Scripture says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Again, beholding the evil and the good. He's our creator. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. He's love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, you are loved with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, he draws, draws us. 1 John 4.8 says, God is love. He's merciful. Psalm 118 and verse 1 says, his mercy endures forever. Ephesians 2.4 says, God is rich in mercy. He's good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, the scripture says. Yes, my friend, God is intrinsically good by nature. He's just. He's fair. Isaiah 45.21 calls him a just God and our Savior. He's honest. Scripture says it's impossible for God to lie. Of course, he gives us his word. You know, Jesus said in John 17, 17, where he says to the Father, sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's faithful. Lamentations 3.23 says, great is thy faithfulness. You know, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. He's immutable. He never changes. Malachi 3.6, the Lord says, I am the Lord. I do not change. And James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, there's no shadow or variation, no changing with God. This eternal, sovereign, holy, omnipotent, all-knowing, present everywhere, creator, loving, merciful, good, just, honest, faithful, and never changing, immutable. That is the God who loves you, my friend. And he initiates his love toward us. And we are to respond toward it. The scripture says we love him because he first loved us. Yes, my friend, he gave the greatest gift of all when he gave his son to be our savior. Why not open up your life to the love of Christ today? Tell God you believe that Jesus died and rose again for you. By faith, invite him into your life as your personal savior. And you'll experience that supernatural gift of God that Jesus describes as being born again. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.